Did you consider yourself an extrovert before the pandemic, and now you think of yourself as more introverted? Was there some other way you changed over the course of the COVID-19 disruption, which may still be going on for you in many ways? And if you add in political upheaval, world news that's not so hope-inducing, and increased polarization, does it make you feel like maybe other humans have become at best an annoyance, and at worst, the enemy? Today, we're taking a listener question from someone who's lost a bit of faith in people. They feel demoralized over the events of the past few years, and when combined with their working from home and just becoming more isolated, they wonder if there's a permanent change in how they see humanity. Do you feel more negatively towards others these days? Do you just find it impossible to find tolerance for the man tasting the grapes in the produce section? If you're looking to find a little more goodwill towards your fellow humans, you'll want to listen to today's Baggage Check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice, with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. Incidentally, it is also not a show about attempting to replicate the distinct and indescribable smell of a roller skating rink. Okay, let's get to it. Today we're taking a listener question from someone who feels like they're struggling with the effects of the pandemic in terms of how much it's lessened their tolerance for other people. And with seeing how people have behaved, it kind of makes them want to stay away from humankind, with the kind part feeling like a misnomer to them, altogether. So let's listen in. As always, thanks to the listener who volunteered to do the voiceover here. Your questions are always welcome. And if you don't want to do a voice memo, which a lot of you seem to not want to, we'll have someone read your letter. Here it is. How do you deal with the demoralizing effects of what we see in other people? I seriously feel like the past couple of years have made me lose faith in humanity. Politically, culturally, I just see things so differently now. People out for themselves all the time, and it makes me so pessimistic for civilization. I started working from home at the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm opting to continue to do so, which I think has made me even less tolerant of other people. I used to even consider myself an extrovert, and now I feel like I'm pretty much a recluse, and yet I don't really mind it. I don't have the urge to be around others much anymore. I find them pretty taxing. I can't be alone in this, right? I seriously feel like the pandemic has made me hate people. I hear you. And I've heard from so many people like you. For most of us listening, the pandemic has been one of the biggest societal disruptions that we've encountered in our lifetimes. And it directly and significantly impacted our relationships with other people. It changed our daily habits and made us less used to being around others. It made us lose heart when we saw people behaving without regard to each other's needs or in ways that directly sabotaged others or put them at risk. It made us wonder about the people we're sharing a world with, whether they're all just in it for themselves, whether they have such little respect or compassion for people who are older or who have health risks or who just have different life circumstances than they do, and whether they have a vested interest in falling prey to misinformation so easily so quickly that it makes you feel like you should have to get a license in order to be allowed on social media. Add in the political happenings in the United States of the past few years and also in some other countries, and it can feel like we're no longer a community of people looking out for each other, 
but rather people looking to get the last word over someone else or to spread venom like we're some sort of poison dart frog. Okay, wait, I'm supposed to be giving you some hope here. Well, let's break this down a bit. I think there are two different aspects here. The everyday tolerance of being around other people, like realizing you can no longer deal with the way your coworker chews gum, or the smell of people on the subway, or trying to get used to going out with friends again, putting on real pants, whatever the heck those are, being around the noise and the sights and the buzzings and the crowds and just the living, breathing world, which can be glorious, but it also can be like a million fingernails on a chalkboard. Like literally, the horror of someone's fingernail clippings just sitting there on the chalkboard. Why didn't they put those in the trash? And then there's this larger question that you're getting at, like, are we living in some sort of permanently altered dystopian world where all hope is lost? Is this Mad Max? Is this Real Housewives? Is there still a chance that humans are inherently good? Do they really care about each other? Are they all too busy reposting the same meme that doesn't even make any sense? Too busy to look out for their actual neighbors or the people around them? Those two ideas, the lowered tolerance of just being around other people, not being used to it, and then secondly, the idea of your soul hurting because it's lost its faith in humanity, they have slightly different approaches in terms of how to work on them. But they do tie together, of course. The more irritated you are by all the little peccadillos, peccadillos? No, that's something really delicious, I think. Peccadillos, the irritants of others. The more irritated you are by those little things, the easier it is for the bigger, darker thoughts to seep in. Like that humans aren't that great or that being around them isn't worth it. And the more that you're feeling dark about humanity, the more the little annoyances are going to get to you. So if we tackle them together, then they each help each other, getting more used to being around people and also feeling better about people. Let's start with this first part about not being used to being around others. Now, I'm not trying to force you to go back to being an extrovert by any stretch. It could be that you naturally just keep to yourself more these days, and that's right for you. But I also think it's a matter of degree, and that it would probably help to build that muscle a little bit of getting used to being around other people again. Because if the irritation is reduced just a little when you do have to do stuff, like everything from standing in line at the drugstore to celebrating a good friend's birthday, then those experiences will be more enjoyable for you. And they'll help create some positive memories rather than just adding to the feeling of bleh. So I think some gradual desensitization work could be useful here. If you work completely from home, take your laptop to work at a coffee shop every once in a while. If there's one or two coworkers that you could potentially enjoy having lunch with here and there, suggest that. If you find yourself taking the path of least resistance, like maybe saying no to an invite with people you used to want to hang out with, ask yourself why and whether you really want that to be the automatic autopilot response. Because presumably, when you did used to consider yourself an extrovert, you did so because you enjoyed being around other people and sought it out, at least to an extent. So you have had that capacity at some point. It's not totally unnatural for you. And the effects of conditioning are very, very strong. Just being out of the habit over the past few years of hanging out with others makes that barrier pretty high to overcome in order to want to do it again. 
But like a lot of clients with social anxiety, and I know that's not what we're talking about here, once they get over that hump, they are glad they did, and they get something out of being with others. So think about that barrier and pause before letting your isolation autopilot take over. And no, I won't make a joke about isolation autopilot being a band I saw in 2004. I know, saying I won't make that joke is even worse than making it, so sorry about that. But along with getting out of autopilot about not automatically saying no to stuff also means not automatically saying yes to stuff that you would have before. This could be the great reset for you. A lot of people have felt that way, that you can be mindful in both directions, choosing what you want to prioritize going forward. Maybe some friendships really were meant to fade. Maybe your work life really was meant to be redefined and include fewer inane conversations and elevators. That's great if so. It's just that you need to make sure that you're choosing these changes rather than just falling into them because after all the time of not being able to leave your house, it became easier to keep that going. You can be mindful about all of this and make sure that it goes along with your values. I know I'm always talking about values, but they play in so much into building the lives that are fulfilling and meaningful for us. So take a good hard look at some of the things that realistically, maybe it does make sense for you to let go of. No apologies needed. But then also taking a look at some of the things that maybe you have let go of because of the artifacts of the way pandemic life happened and how maybe that's not ultimately what's best for you. And now that we're talking values and we're talking meaning, I think we can return to this idea of losing faith in humanity This encroaching, nauseating twinge that humans are basically just a cesspool of ugliness. I know you didn't describe it that way exactly, but I do think it's important that we prevent against all-or-none thinking. Because if you were to fall into that all-or-none cycle, that's what's going to hurt you over time. That's what I see changing people into unhappier, more cynical versions of themselves. That's what I see harden people into bitterness and end up closing them off to the world. Because there will always be darkness, but there will always be light, too. We talked about some of this in the gratitude episode. Yes, there will always be that jerk that wants to take the easy way out and doesn't care if it hurts other people. There will always be the person that lets fear boil into hatred and adds to that whole me versus them idea. But there will also be the person that smiles at you or comforts you or picks up that thing that you dropped or goes out of their way to help a stranger, or to solve a problem, or to take the time to listen. It's like that Mr. Rogers quote, which circulates every once in a while, and no, I won't be cynical about it because I think he was onto something. And also because he was Fred freaking Rogers. He said, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. Along the lines of that, I do think you can train yourself to notice more of the light in the dark. And it's not fooling yourself, it's just opening up yourself. Look, it is completely natural that you have gravitated toward noticing the dark. I have at times too. But the light is still there and it hasn't gone away. And so thinking in terms of looking for the helpers is very, very useful. But here's the thing, we have to be the helpers too. Because we are the grown-ups. And Mr. Rogers was giving that look for the helpers advice to preschoolers. But for adults, we need to be the helpers. We need to create the change we want to see. 
to use an additionally potentially overused cliche here. Looking for the helper shouldn't be an excuse for inaction. I know that volunteer work is often used as a panacea, the oversimplified advice for everything from people feeling helpless to people feeling disconnected to people feeling down. Who knows? Maybe it's also used as advice for people suffering from nausea or bad breath. But it's true that finding something that you care about and donating just a bit of time to it can give you a mood boost. And even more important, because I know that you're not exactly looking for a mood boost per se, it can connect you with a path forward to help you feel less cynical about others. Think about if there's anything you can give your time to, even if it's just something small that you do twice a year. It can help you see that small ripple effects matter. The other part that I think people forget about Look for the Helpers is that Mr. Rogers was saying that in an era where people weren't walking around with smartphones showing them tragic and upsetting scenes all the time. Scenes that were constantly focusing in on the anti-helpers. There's only so much that Looking for the Helpers helps when you're staring at atrocities and cynicism and polarization and violence. See if you can make tweaks in the vortexes. Vortices? that you are in, those echo chambers, when it comes to news and social media. See if you can set limits on apps. Find that beautiful balance between staying informed so that you can bear witness versus beating yourself up to the point of feeling helpless, which helps no one. There are various sites for optimistic news, good and hopeful headlines, and they aren't all just stories about a baby chick befriending an elephant. Those are cute, of course, but... There's more substantial stories about new directions in medicine or people helping start movements, people standing up for what's right and making a difference, people helping each other and making an impact. Because I think so many people identify with you. And here's the truth. If you really hated people, you wouldn't be so fearful of the idea of hating people. You wouldn't think of it as a problem and write to me. You'd instead just justify it as a way to be, as a considered position that made sense. There's a balance out there for you, a balance of nudging yourself a little outside of your comfort zone in order to get used to being around others again with all of their peccadillos. Maybe they'll bring some peccadillas, but also choosing to set limits that make sense for you and help you prioritize the people that are deserving of your time and that you can nourish quality relationships with. And there's a balance of finding a way to make small changes and stay informed and stand up for what's right and be part of the change versus sometimes just turning it off and letting yourself draw your blinds and have some tea and say, that circus is not for me today. But you reached out to us and you're a listener. You're part of this community. And that connection is far from nothing. And we're grateful to keep it going with you. Thank you for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this has been Baggage Check, with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast to give your take on upcoming topics and guests. And why not tell your chatty coworker where to find us? Our original music is by Jordan Cooper, cover art by Danielle Merity, and my studio security is provided by Buster the Dog. Until next time, take good care.